On the eve of the Star Wars Celebration London convention, a friend and connected Star Wars fan hinted at something very special happening in the galaxy. In a social media post, he wrote the following. Hearing rumors that some very big Star Wars news is to drop tomorrow. Fingers and toes crossed, a lot of folks will be extremely happy if there's any truth to it. Please be true. Please be true. It was at this moment that Star Wars Celebration became very real to me. And it was compounded by another insider's acknowledgement of the rumor, who also chimed in and said, Trust me, it's big. And further down the thread, our friend responded to a commenter hoping for the franchise to return to theatrical releases. He said, If the rumors are true, it will change everything. And with that, my evening officially turned into a trip down the galactic rabbit hole. I contacted a number of friends, asking if they had heard anything about this possible game-changing rumor. I explored the usual information sites online like Reddit, in hopes that someone had posted a morsel of a hint. And my search led me to a video on John Roca's YouTube channel, a live stream that had been released only hours earlier. John interviewed insider Jeff Snyder, who was told by a source that Lucasfilm would announce three films at Celebration. And the biggest news would be that Dave Filoni would head one of the three, in an attempt to codify the world he and John Favreau had created. The film would combine elements from the Mandoverse, uniting characters from series like The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and some of the upcoming shows like Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew. Dave Filoni, the Padawan who studied under the master George Lucas, would be the torchbearer of the franchise on the big screen. And if this rumor was correct, our friend was right. It could change everything. But what would the other two films be? This is a look at the three new theatrical reveals from Star Wars Celebration London. This is a new direction for Lucasfilm and for Star Wars fans all around the world. This is the news we've been hoping for, along with some pretty major surprises. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. present, and future. That seemed to be the theme of the three theatrical announcements. At Star Wars Celebration London during the second weekend in April, the opening panel gave fans a first glimpse at which silver screen stories would be coming to theaters. 
To be honest, my guess about last night's big rumor was that the reveal would be a trilogy that would equate to a canonical retelling of Timothy Zahn's beloved book series, Heir to the Empire. And like the books, would include legendary characters like Luke Skywalker and Grand Admiral Thrawn. But in the new age of Disney Star Wars, would also include those from the universe Filoni and Favreau have established over the past few years. And I was partly correct. More on that in a moment. But Disney's direction for movies is moving away from the traditional trilogies that anchored the Star Wars fandom. Instead, Lucasfilm will focus on crafting standalone films that would either give way to new trilogies or will continue the stories told in the television series and films. The three films could not be more different from one another. Each takes place in a different era. The first, directed by James Mangold, is set 25,000 years in the past and will tell the story of the first Jedi. The second, directed by Dave Filoni, will wrap up the stories he and Jon Favreau produced highlighting the years after the Empire's fall and Return of the Jedi. Fans affectionately title this era the Mandoverse, since the show The Mandalorian is the anchor series. And the third film takes place 15 years after the First Order's fall in the sequel trilogy. It centers around a very special and recognizable Jedi, and is directed by Charmin Obeid Chinoy. So with the first morning's announcement, we have three notable films. The Beginnings of the Jedi, The Conclusion of the Mandoverse Saga, and The Future of the Jedi Order. None of these films have titles or release dates yet. As Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy reminded the Celebration audience, the movies are still in the earliest stages of development, and given Lucasfilm's track record over the decade, should be treated as concepts that could be canceled at any point. But Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy know they need to deliver on these promises, and the three ideas on which they've settled seem to be solid paths towards Star Wars greatness. Let's take a look at each of the three films to get a better understanding of what awaits us. The Dawn of the Jedi In 2018, director James Mangold shared his thoughts on Star Wars and its relationship with its fans. The fandom had entered a dark time, sparked by disappointment and frustrations with Lucasfilm's direction for its sequel film, The Last Jedi. Whether it was justified or not, the negative reactions to the film created a fissure in the fandom, inciting a very passionate base to become very vocal. As commenters spit their venomous attacks on social media, Mangold tweeted, At the point when work writing and directing big franchises has become the emotionally loaded equivalent of writing a new chapter of the Bible, with the probable danger of being stoned and called a blasphemer. Then a lot bolder minds are going to leave these films to hacks and corporate boards. He aimed to ease the toxicity by relating to the audience's frustrations but suggested a thoughtful approach in handling a relationship to a property that meant so much to so many. He said, 
the fervor of some attacks has an evangelical ferocity. Now I get it, because for many folks, including me, the Star Wars saga holds tremendous spiritual power, similar to a religious text. But we must remember to try to handle our disappointments the way Yoda might, as opposed to Darth. Mangold is a Star Wars fan. He is also a talented director with a long list of critically acclaimed box office hits, like 1999's Girl Interrupted, the 2005 Johnny Cash biopic Walk the Line, 2017's gritty Wolverine story Logan, and 2019's Ford vs. Ferrari. In 2018, The Hollywood Reporter erroneously tied Mangold to directing a standalone Boba Fett film. Both Kathleen Kennedy and Mangold shot down the rumor, with Mangold saying, I'm making a period car racing movie with Christian Bale and Matt Damon. No Mandalorians involved. Stop reading so much gossip. Instead, Lucasfilm hired Mangold to co-write and direct the fifth and final installment in the Indiana Jones franchise, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Wrapping up his involvement on the indie film, Mangold is now directing his focus toward a new, upcoming Star Wars film. The project has tentatively been titled Dawn of the Jedi, after the era in which it occurs, although no official title was released. It takes place 25,000 years before the events of the Skywalker saga, and will be the oldest canonical Star Wars story to date. Mangold may incorporate some non-canon source material into his new project. A comic book series titled Dawn of the Jedi was published by Dark Horse Comics a decade ago. Running from 2012 to 2014, this 15-issue release also included a tie-in novel. It told of the origin of the First Jedi Order, a group of warrior monks who sought a balance to the mysterious Force in the face of a sudden and imposing danger. The story took place on the planet Tython, which you may remember from The Mandalorian, where Grogu reached out through the Force to summon Luke Skywalker before he was kidnapped by Moff Gideon's Dark Troopers. However, Mangold may take the general idea in a different direction altogether. The film's announcement happened only hours ago, and very little is known about it currently. According to the website The Wrap, he nicknamed his film Star Wars Zero and has spent the past few months working on it and writing it. After the celebration panel, Mangold spoke with the industry trade publication Variety about his newly announced Star Wars film. He said, It's a chance to tell the entire story of its own, the birth of the Force. When I first talked to Kathy Kennedy about it, I just said, I just see this opening to make a kind of a Ben-Hur, or the Ten Commandments, about the birth of the Force. The Force has become a kind of religious legend that spans through all of these movies. But where did it come from? How is it found? Who found it? Who was the first Jedi? And that's what I'm writing now. As he also mentioned to USA Today, Mangold said he's excited to bring Star Wars back to theaters and to reignite the community element of watching films together. The Mandoverse Film
From a certain point of view, the second film announcement actually happened almost three years earlier. In December of 2020, Kathleen Kennedy unveiled two upcoming Star Wars series at the Disney Investors Day event. The first was the Ahsoka show that would be helmed by Dave Filoni, and would star Rosario Dawson, who had just made her live-action debut as the character in the second season of The Mandalorian. The second was titled Rangers of the New Republic. It was another spin-off of The Mandalorian, with a focus on Cara Dune and other protectors of the galaxy over the crumbling Imperial forces and those who sought to bring harm to others. Both series would occur during the New Republic era, the same one inhabited by the characters of The Mandalorian. And Kennedy promised that these shows, run by Filoni and Jon Favreau, would intersect with future stories and culminate into a climactic story event. At the time, many in the industry pointed to the idea that the Star Wars universe was following a trajectory similar to the path Marvel had taken with its superheroes. Giving the main characters their own stories and films meant that they could be combined for a future story in which all would appear together. And so this culmination that Kennedy teased would be Lucasfilm's version of the Avengers. Again, that was December of 2020. A few weeks ago, leading up to Celebration London, the rap interviewed Dave Filoni and asked if he and Favreau were still building toward a climactic story event, in light of Favreau telling the press he imagined the Mandalorian story could go on forever. Filoni said, It's an interesting way to think about it. I tend to think, as we've been working on The Mandalorian, and then writing Ahsoka, and then John Watts came in with Skeleton Crew, there is an entire time period that is post-Return of the Jedi. And I look at that time period, which before The Force Awakens is around 30 years of time. When you look at the original trilogy, it's a much less significant amount of time that those three movies take place in. And so what I like is that we're really building very slowly an ecosystem of characters and politics and events in the post-Return of the Jedi time period. And that may or may not expand in a bigger way as we add more shows to it and add more characters to it. I think that the reality of there being a big event in this time period is very real, is all I'll say to that. But yes, if John wanted to keep making Mandalorian stories, as long as he does not get bumped off in said Titanic event, then they, I suppose, could continue. There doesn't seem to be any lack of interest in Grogu and Mando, that's for sure. At the Lucasfilm panel that kicked off Celebration London, Kathleen Kennedy introduced Filoni as the director of a film that would take place during the New Republic era, in the time between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. The film would be a cinematic event that would close out the interconnected stories told in The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and other Disney Plus series, according to Lucasfilm. And it would feature a battle on an epic scale, pulling from elements found in Star Wars' vast expanded universe and non-canon stories. After the panel, Filoni elaborated on how the separate storylines from the various series would eventually converge. He said, On a base level, I would just say the coming conflict, the growing idea that the Empire wasn't as defeated as a lot of people want to believe, and that the Remnant is out there. We saw that from the very beginning with The Mandalorian, and how Giancarlo Esposito's character Gideon was plotting. 
There are always people that are willing to undermine something that the Republic is trying to build and put back on its feet. I grew up with a lot of stories in the expanding universe that were exploring what happened after Return of the Jedi. There has been this, for fans, idea that there was a new Republic and a remnant empire, and the conflict persisted after Return of the Jedi, even though the heroes won and were more in control. What did that control look like? And since Force Awakens is 30 years on out from Return of the Jedi, we have the room to then tell another story. That's what I'm coalescing into this time period. As I mentioned earlier, my prediction for a film announcement was something to do with the non-canon Heir to the Empire story, which was written by Timothy Zahn and published in 1991. Like the Mandalorian series, it takes place five years after Return of the Jedi, and it introduced one of the most dangerous and iconic villains in the Star Wars universe, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Filoni's 2014 animated series, Star Wars Rebels, ended with Ahsoka Tano and Mandalorian Sabine Wren searching for Thrawn, who made his debut into the Disney canon in the show's third season. And if the heroes of the Mandoverse are the Star Wars equivalent of the Avengers, Thrawn may turn out to be the film's Thanos, or the main antagonist. And this theory was further teased in the trailer for the upcoming live-action Ahsoka series, which also premiered today at the Lucasfilm panel. In it, Ahsoka tells Sabine she has heard whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. Her choice of words, and the book trilogy it represents, was not an accident. Thrawn is one of the most cunning and capable villains in the Star Wars universe, and it may take uniting Din Djarin, Ahsoka, the Rebels crew, Boba Fett, and possibly even Luke Skywalker to defeat him. Or, Filoni may have an even bigger antagonist in mind. Either way, expect an epic finale worthy of a theatrical release. Speaking with USA Today, Filoni called the merging of films and television series into one larger story as a big tapestry that's being woven. He said, I love to think of stories in that context. You're not bound at all. I hope you walk into that theater, and whether you've seen a series or not, you enjoy the movie. The New Jedi Order If James Mangold's film was set in the earliest era of Star Wars, Charmin Obeyed Chinoy's film would cover the other end of the timeline, in the yet unexplored realm beyond the Skywalker saga's conclusion. Obeyed Chinoy, a Pakistani journalist and filmmaker, has won two Academy Awards, eight Emmys, and a Knight International Journalism Award for her work. Most recently, she directed two episodes of another Disney property, Marvel's series Ms. Marvel. 
For months, Lucasfilm was rumored to have added Obeyed Chinoy as director to an upcoming Star Wars film that writers Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson were creating. However, their script was rejected, and Kennedy brought in Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight to take over screenplay duties. Given this was common knowledge among those in the industry, it wasn't a surprise to see Obeyed Chinoy as the director on stage at the celebration panel to announce the third and final upcoming Star Wars film. Obeyed Chinoy described the film as one immersed in the Jedi Academy, as a Jedi Master seeks to reestablish a school for Jedi after the defeat of the Emperor and the First Order, 15 years after Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. She said, I've spent the majority of my life meeting real heroes battling oppressive regimes, which is why I'm interested in a new Jedi Order. And then she revealed the Jedi Master that would lead the project. To the audience's total surprise, actress Daisy Ridley appeared from the wings and joined the team on stage. Ridley had portrayed the heroine Rey in all three sequel films, and the new film would be a continuation of that role. She said to the audience, My heart is pounding. I'm so thrilled to be at Celebration with all of you in London. Thank you, Kathleen and Charmaine, for having me back. I'm so happy to be continuing this journey. It was shocking to see Ridley return to the Star Wars universe. By the time The Last Jedi premiered at the end of 2017, she had quit social media and had developed holes in the wall of her gut as a result of the stress that comes with being the face of a franchise. And while the final film in the trilogy was a positive experience for her, she had described her involvement in it as a true end in 2019. However, she didn't close the door all the way on a return, though, but put that decision for some time in the far future. And apparently, that time to pick up a lightsaber and to lead the next generation of Jedi is now. And she may have another beloved character by her side. Grogu, the little green sidekick from The Mandalorian, is another Force-wielder, and the fact that this film will take place more than 30 years after the events of the Mandoverse means we may see a slightly older and more capable Jedi in training. And Disney has also proven to be all-in on the sequel trilogy characters. The Galaxy's Edge land at the Disney parks, as well as the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel, are centered around the sequel trilogy era. And rather than abandon Rey due to the poor planning of the sequel trilogy, Lucasfilm has the opportunity to further develop her character, to present her with greater challenges and to build her up where she may reach her potential as a Jedi. Fans of the original trilogy had to wait more than 30 years to see their heroes return to the big screen. And the ones who grew up with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen as Obi-Wan and Anakin in the prequels patiently waited almost 20 years to see them again. For a new generation of Star Wars fans that came to the franchise through the sequel trilogy, it may only be a few years before Rey comes back to Tatooine. And with her return comes some bigger questions about the future of Star Wars. In an interview with IGN, Kennedy expanded on the potential story, saying... Well, we're 15 years out from Rise of Skywalker, so we're post-war, post-First Order, and the Jedi are in disarray. There's a lot of discussion around, who are the Jedi? What are they doing? What's the state of the galaxy? She's attempting to rebuild the Jedi Order, based on the books, based on what she promised Luke, 
So that's where we're going. According to sources, the Ray film may be the first to be released, and it may light the path for a new generation of Star Wars filmgoers. John Favreau commented to Variety after the panel, saying, It's just exciting. I always find it really satisfying, encouraging when you have people who come through Star Wars come back to Star Wars. It shows you how strong the community is and how big of a bond you develop. For Daisy to come back and to be part of where this is going, I'm excited to see where all at what happens there. That's all the information currently available about these three projects. And before you get too excited about any of them, remember, Lucasfilm has a very spotty track record of delivering Star Wars films in the Disney decade. And even though these three projects were announced officially at Star Wars Celebration London, they are far from being theater-bound. As Kathleen Kennedy reminded us, each one is in the earliest stage of development. And I believe they are simply ideas at this point. Concepts with potential. And more importantly, concepts with direction. And for now, they have their directors. Even that could change as well. Other projects may come up, or the Lucasfilm team may realize the person they chose to direct is not the right fit for the studio's vision. If I were to guess, I would say Dave Filoni's film is probably the most secure. After all, he and John Favreau are already guiding the direction of the Mandoverse, and a culminating movie is a logical landing point in the future. However, as both the Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi films became television series, Lucasfilm may also decide to bring Filoni's film project to the small screen instead. Right now, Filoni is the soul of Star Wars, the Padawan turned Jedi Master, and I know he will put his all into this epic film. After all, when you think of it, he's been training his entire life for this very moment. I have no doubt that current Disney CEO Bob Iger has put pressure on Lucasfilm to chart a long-term course for the franchise. It's been four years since Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker, swept through theaters across the globe and Star Wars fans are yearning to experience the next big-screen tale. And soon, that wish may finally come true. Past. Present. Future. The beginnings of the Jedi, the conclusion of the Mandoverse saga, and the future of the Jedi Order. For now, these stories are in the capable hands of directors James Mangold, Charmaine Obeid Chinoy, and Dave Filoni. And this is where a new chapter begins. I'm David Quinn, and this is Star Wars, Prototypes and Production.